I'll go get it. Hello, and welcome to our podcast, Digging Deep. I'm Roberta Walker. And I'm Michael Glassman. We are two landscape designers that have been in the industry for well over 25 years. (laughs) (laughs) Through this podcast, Digging Deep, we're going to bring to you our knowledge and our challenges. And our stories and our foibles, you know, problems that we've had. Anything that's going to help you and your family create the, the, the really unique, wonderful outdoor environment. That's right. And, uh, you know, when we speak about our, um, our knowledge and also the foibles, we've been in the business for so many years that we've, you know, like anybody, we started out and we had ideas and some worked, some didn't. And at this point, we know what we're doing and we want to pass on to you what didn't work for us. So before oh, we, we hope we know what we're doing. We hope we know what we're doing. It depends. Exactly. <laughs> Well, so we thought this we thought this this podcast we would talk about some of the fun interesting things you could include into your landscape. Right. So so many of us um are working at home now and um the kids have gone back to school but you know it's a iffy situation with what's going on with covid and the delta variant. So we're going to talk um about these items you could add that just makes your backyard not just a beautiful landscape, not just an outdoor dining area, but a spa-like environment. Or a resort. Yeah. Or instead, resort. Right. instead of getting on an airplane or traveling somewhere, how about just opening up the back door and walking out there and feeling like, I'm on vacation. I'm on vacation. Well, um, so there's so many different items. We did. We have talked about outdoor kitchens, but we can touch on that again in a while. I think we have mentioned hot tubs, but I want to circle back to that. But, Michael, let's talk about outdoor spas. Uh, saunas, not spas, saunas. Saunas. I was really surprised how many people I'm starting to get that are asking for saunas. And uh, years ago, I never designed in even one. And now I'm getting, I would say, a good 20, 30% of uh, people are saying, yes, we would like a sauna. We would like it in conjunction with, we want um, a spa, but we also want to be able to go into a sauna and bake our little bones and then get out and jump into either a heated spa or a cold pool spa. And uh, I was really surprised by that. And I started to um, kind of research it and realize there is a lot of saunas out there, especially for outdoor use. There are, and they would range anywhere from 3,000 up to 10,000. So you could, for 3,000, you could buy the kit and or, you know, or have it all all built already, depends on who you're ordering it from, and um, plug it in. And some of them look look like um, actual buildings, you know, with with um, they're like a little uh, redwood hut. Some of them actually, there's one that's really a kick. It looks like a big wine barrel. I know. Look at that. Have now. you seen that one? That is that's a hoot. You, it looks like you're sitting in a, an old wine barrel. Yeah. So um, yeah, and you can have them with cedar. There's, um, you know, if you like saunas, which. Um, uh, I'm somebody that has night sweats and I don't like saunas because I don't like any more heat. But a lot of people love it. And if you have a pool to sit in a sauna and sweat and get all those toxins out and then to run and jump in the pool, that's a resort. That's resort like without having to pay the price. 
Exactly. And I have to agree with you. The idea of sitting in hot heat is is something that it, I would run the other direction. In fact, <laughs> you know, once in a while they they offer, you know, like hot yoga and I'm thinking to myself, oh. there's nothing worse in my life than the idea of sweating while you're doing exercising. My okay. idea is put me in front of a fan, an air conditioner, cold, cold air, and I'll do exercise. But I don't want to be sweating and hot heating up. But, you know, everyone's taste is different. Everyone's taste is different and there are a lot of health benefits I've heard and yes. just and if you don't like sitting in a hot sauna there's also hot tubs which are a lot easier to deal with because especially at night when it's cool or in the winter sitting in hot water with jets is just lovely and um, I think that, that yes that yeah and there are times I'm sure um you know if, if there are listeners out there that think to themselves in the wintertime, it gets really, really cold. And for some reason, you just can't get warm. Even a hot shower doesn't do it. But being able to immerse yourself into really, really nice, hot, warm water and you're right with the jets. Oh, my God, that's heaven. It's really nice. And here's a design tip. I had a lot of clients who thought, wouldn't it be fun to have a path and you walk way into the corner to get in the hot tub? No. You want your hot tub as close to your either your bedroom door or to the door to the house, and you can make it work. We'll talk about that because in the winter when it's really cold, it's all well and good. You get in the hot tub, you're nice and warm, but then you have to get out. Absolutely. And you don't want to have to walk 30 feet back to the house in really cold weather. Even if you're saying now a lot of people, if you put it close to, say, a, um, a bedroom um, where you pop out of your bedroom and hop in there. A lot of people don't want to wear swimsuits. And I will tell you, number one, and even if you said, well, I'll wear a robe, what Roberta said is true. I mean, the first time you use it, yeah, it sounds great. But after when it's like 25, 30 degrees out, even with a robe, after you've sat in a spa, maybe had a drink, sat there and you're nice and relaxed, and then you pop out, even if you put on a robe, by the time you get back in the house, if it's a long distance and you're hiking out there, it's like, I'm not doing this again. I'm freezing cold. It it just takes away all that wonderful, relaxing ability that you just had by going in the spa. It does. You know, years ago when I bought my house, it came with a spa. The spa was about 25 feet away from the house. And it was, it worked, but it was old. And um, my daughter, she was younger. And I remember we went out and got in the spa and you know, I have a property that's pretty um, screened off and we weren't wearing clothes and um, ants love warm water, you know, to be warm. And I remember laying my head back and then feeling a trail of ants go oh. over and then a helicopter came over with the spotlight. I kid you not. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. The one time I'm in the spa naked and there's a spotlight going over, you know, searching my, our, my yard and other yards. Oh my God. Anyway, um, spas, um, you know, you could think, oh, it's going to be ugly if I put a spa by my room. But there's, you know, if there are different ways of doing it. You could sink the spa. They do make um, or you can have built a casing to around sit the spot yeah. in, and you can also build a little deck around it. You can I've do done that with the casing. We actually on one job we actually put a natural stone. She had um, lead stone, and we did two, three walls 
um, it was kind of freestanding walls and then popped the spa right, slid it in. So the back was open so you could get to the equipment, but from the front and then built um, three sets of steps. And so from the front, it looked built in. It didn't look like you just dropped it on the ground in the middle of nowhere. So Roberta's right. I mean, um, you can make a spa. And then the other thing is you can surround um, two areas. Maybe you're close to where your neighbors are and your trees haven't grown up yet. You can put some decorative iron screens or trellises with vines on it so that when you go out there, you really feel like you're in this little private environment rather than feeling like you're in view for everyone. Right. And having some sort of surround, there's there's a couple um, pluses. One, you want to have a place to drop your towel, right? So it's nice to have some kind of area, stone, flagstone, concrete, decking to have maybe a chair that you could throw your towels. But then it's nice to be able to have a place to set your uh, plastic water bottle. Right. When you're in the spa. So having a surround and um, I just uh, we I just designed one where the spa was at the normal height. We built a deck around the front of it. The back had a raised bar. So, you know, we, if you're in there with obviously with bathing suits, you can have if you're having a party, people can sit along the back and have drinks and talk to those that are in the spa. So there's all kinds of great things you could do to integrate um, a prefab store bought spa versus a spa in the pool which right right and there and the and the prefab ones uh, especially the ones that run off of electric um they're a lot more efficient first of all they're very insulated so what what you do is when you close them down the heat stays um it they're insulated so the heat stays there so it doesn't dissipate as fast and it's always for example you set the temperature and it doesn't use a lot of energy whereas uh, that doesn't mean that you don't want to put a spa in the pool. We'll talk about that in a minute. But for um, spas that are part of the pool, they have no insulation. And the minute you turn off the heater and the gas is turned off, um, it goes cold. And it, it can cost $50, $60 just to heat it up. Whereas a portable spa, um, because they're always warm, $15 a month. Right. It's always hot. And, you know, let's say you come home late from a party and you want to get into the spa in the pool. You have to wait till it heats up. And then, you know, that beautiful waterfall effect, that's your hot water going into the pool. So exactly. it looks beautiful, but I would recommend that if you want to, you know, do the water feature in the pool, but keep your spa separate because then you could have it um, ready whenever. And it's it, like Michael said, it's well insulated and they have an economy setting so when you're not using it it's just it's just a really nice um um thing that you could put i just want to say put uh, another item you could put in the yard without having to build it in to spend ten twelve thousand dollars i think that's what it costs now to add a spa to a pool so yes well oh no absolutely not i, it's, I it's gone up <laughs> oh yeah in fact i had a client in fact they wound up uh, at the last minute canceling a, just a single spa, in-ground spa, without the pool, and oh. they wanted just a little bit of a sheer descent, $52,000. Yeah, they're looking at it like a pool. It's obscene and ridiculous. I mean, obviously, if you can afford it and you want what you want, you could have what you want. But any any water feature that you want to get in and sit in, and you certainly can, however, you need to have some kind of filtration system and some kind of way to clean the water, or else you're going to have you know, water that can have algae and um, even sickness if you don't clean it out regularly. So that's why they charge. And I don't know why they're charging that amount. But um, anything in ground that has a filter, 
um, it's going to cost a lot of money. So you could get a hot tub and in the summer, just don't heat it. Have a cool bath. Exactly. And then you put a little bit of chemicals in it. Another fun thing. Okay. So these are that we talked about a sauna. We talked about a spa. Um, but what about some fun activities, you know, things to do in the yard that that may not be as passive or as relaxing, but are still fun and, and games, lots of activity and games like um, um, cornhole. There's cornhole and horseshoes and horseshoes. Right. In fact, um, I'm working with a client in Napa that just put in the, the activity that they love to do is they love to play bocce. So yep. they have wonderful bocce ball court and we have sitting areas on either end of it and their friends come over they bring out the drinks and they sit and they play bocce and it's It's amazing um most yards are too small to do a full bocce ball court but if you you can do a half court which is still just as good right we had um two neighbors in woodland who designed their front yard with a shared bocce ball court and on their street, that's the gathering place in the evenings to play bocce. That is their front landscape, part of it. So um, I know exactly. Uh, that, that happens to be on Pentagast Street. Yes, I think my associate, Kimberly uh, Marshall, did that one. Yeah. So Yeah. Um, yeah. In fact, um, I have a client that's right next door to that. And, and the reason it was funny that you mentioned that, because I was just going to say, in fact, there was uh, next door to one of my clients, there is a couple that um, share a bocce ball court in the front yard with another with uh, another couple and their neighbors. And I just thought, what a cool idea for a front yard. So, you know, everyone's so oriented to the backyard. Well, they like to sit out and the neighbors are, all know each other and they play bocce in the front yard. Yeah, it's lovely. You, you can certainly do that. You know, something else that's really fun. If you have a bit of property, this isn't going to work in a small backyard, but they do make zip lines. Yes. Zip lines for children and they don't have to be very high. Many that you purchase can have little breaks on them. So, of course, your kid's not going to be falling from 50 feet, you know, and crashing into the fence. But you could still have if you have some mature trees or you could even put in tall posts, you could have a zip line and um, come, you know, they come with little seats and the kids climb up a ladder, get in and they zip down. And that is heck of fun. I think that's a great idea. And in and in conjunction with that, um, thinking of kids, but also adults, if you have some very large trees in your backyard and you want to create a kind of a magical thing for your kids, tree houses, you don't have to actually even touch the tree. You don't even have to build a uh, build onto the tree. You can build around it or near the tree, but but juxtapose the treehouse, which I've done several times, so that it's amongst the trees and suddenly the kids are climbing up. And again, we're not talking about 50 feet. We're not even talking about 10 feet. We're talking about like four or five feet up where they have a, la- a one way they can climb up a ladder. The other way they have a, a rope that they can climb up. You can also put a, a, um, a like a fireman's pole that they can slide down. Underneath it is a nice area where it's kind of shaded, where the kids can have a clubhouse. And then on top of the treehouse, you can build it with a roof. You can build it with a thatching. I mean, so many different ideas. And the minute I suggest that for people with little kids, you know, especially if they have some trees in their yard, oh, my God, they go bonkers and the kids love it. Oh, yeah, they love it. And um, if you do the four posts around the tree, like I said, you don't have to nail it into the tree. Um, That bottom, you could get some cable 
and um, string it and put curtains up so you could have like the the little house underneath. So that'll make everybody happy. You could have a little playhouse underneath. It could be decomposed granite. You could put pavers, but then you could put their their play um, kitchen, you know, furniture and and whatnot in there. And then it could be ladders and tra- trap doors into the into the tree house. So if you're handy, that's a wonderful project. You could also have it built, but there's also a lot of um, plans online that you can use. And it is a wonderful, until the kids get old, a wonderful thing to have in the yard. When the kids get older, you keep it there and then pretty soon the grandkids use it. Absolutely. Another fun thing to do, um, and this is, there's all different price points for these, is the idea of a greenhouse. Right. Although we are in Sacramento. So if you're going to put a greenhouse up, it's got to be on the northeast side. You don't want to put it in the southwest side or whatever you put in there will bake. Right. You ha- It has to be vented. You also have to have fans and it, it, um, it waters. I have a client that just brought in one from England. It is the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. And she actually uses it not only to grow plants, but they put a chandelier in there. They put curtains. I mean, oh, my God. Let me tell you, it is the most beautiful place. Um, it not only has, you know, kind of tropical plants that she grows. She does her starts for vegetables. But it also is kind of a neat place at night. You turn, you lower the lights. You've got the chandelier and everything. Um, it's just, it's magical. It's absolutely magical. In fact, years ago, when you talk about um, a greenhouse or slash conservatory, I was doing a project in upstate New York where the people wanted a swimming pool. And it's very difficult. Um, this was in, in Albany, right on the Hudson River, and but it freezes there. And it's very hard to put an in-ground pool because of the freeze-thaw um, effect. So in our, their case, we actually designed a conservatory to go over the the swimming pool so you went into this covered conservatory where the swimming pool was and i will tell you it was amazing because they were able to do in the conservatory big palm trees and citrus in fact they love their citrus but it, they freeze so in the winter time they would just roll them into the conservatory and again it's it, it's expensive but it's very expensive right. but there's different um levels to that so um, if you're wanting an actual conservatory to sit in and grow plants, that's what Michael's talking about. However, if you want a small greenhouse for, um, you know, your winter plants, there's the range um, of what you could pay, you know, from 100 bucks up to thousands of dollars, obviously. Um, Costco sells one. Costco, Wayfair. I mean, there's just all, all different places. But if you're wanting just to start your starts, a really easy thing to do in your yard is to build what's called a cold frame. And basically it's a, it's a box, just like you're going to do a raised garden bed, whatever size. And then you could go to, let's say the habitat restore and buy some old windows, you know, with wood trim. And then you put them on hinges and the back side of your box is going to be a little higher than your front. And what you're doing is building a cold frame, which you could get all your little plant starts in, and it'll they'll stay warm in there. It's um, not something that you're going to obviously sit in or, you know, fancy with the chandelier. But it is a place that will get your early plants going without freezing. Another fun thing is, and if you're thinking about family and activities, um, an art station for your kids. I just recently did an art wall for them. We actually took 
a section of their fence and um, we we um, put hardy backer board and then they used um, the cho- the paint that that yep, uh, yeah. uh, right and one side had easels where they could actually do painting another side had the chalk and we also gave them an area where they could do kind of mosaic work so again think about activities because if your kids are home in the summertime or you don't have camp or they're just home instead of putting them in front of the boob box you know or or the tv there's so many besides a vegetable garden there's so many art projects that you can do outdoors but you have to give the your kids an area to do it so think about an art area in your yard that the kids can do outside you know finger painting and chalk and create um painting on walls and, and um, big areas. Again, that's something that you plan for, but oh my God, the kids love that. And what a fun thing to do with your kids. That's right. And you know, what else is fun to do with your kids is to build a climbing wall. Love and, that, love it. Yeah, you could you could build a climbing wall. If, if you already have a playhouse, one side of the playhouse, you could, you could buy the um, climbing wall attachments. You could, um, you could build your own, you know, that's, that's standing up and supported. But climbing walls are a great activity for the family, from the little ones. And you could have sand at the bottom, or you could have soft, soft bark, or you could buy the rubber rubber mats. But um, having a, a, play, a designated place in your yard with a climbing wall, that's just another thing that you could put in for fun. And even when guests come over, it's always fun to try. And you were telling me the other day about a project you were working on, which I think is a great idea, and they have some change in elevation, and you use these very, very, very large tubes that can go into a hillside or can go into an area where the kids can actually climb through um, the the tube or make the tube into a little little, um, clubhouse or playhouse. And again, imagine... Or, or to tunnel to run your cars through, you know, depending. And what we do is um, build a mound, just like we build a mound in the landscape. But we build it higher, but we build it around the tube. And you don't want that tube to be too long, obviously, because you want your, you know, the children need to see light at both ends. Um, but it could be any size. If they just want cars and trucks to go through, you could do something that's, you know, four inches, six inches, or you could have something two feet, three feet diameter. I don't know where would you you could get PVC tubes, you could get um, drainage tubes. I don't know where um, where would you get them? Do you know, Michael? You probably could find something similar to that, maybe even at site one. Yeah, maybe an irrigation supply. Site one's right. uh, irrigation supply. There's also in some of the yards we have in Woodland, we have a fabulous place that's been there for years called Gladdy McBean, and they make all the clay um, clay drains, the big you know pipes. Right. You could get them in different sizes. I think those clay pipes are also wonderful to create kind of like a a little art piece in your yard. They could be different heights standing up with succulents in them. I think that's a great idea. Also, you know, so again, that's that's a really fun activity, um, something that you could have the kids play with and and do. Um, You know, I I I had one client. It was kind of surprising, but it turned out great. Um, they do antique um, electric trains, and oh, they actually yeah. did an entire yard. In fact, there used to be um, train collections you could go and see, um, but they actually created part of the backyard where we were using topiaries and little miniature plants and everything 
for their trains. And what was a kick was watching the kids go out there and play that, play with them and, and just watch them. Um, and that, that's something you could do a little section of your yard if you're into that and, and do a train, a, set up a train set. Um, God, that would be fun. Yeah, there's actually clubs. Um, in here in Sacramento, years ago, we had um, at one of our malls, the Sunrise Mall, when you walked in, the big centerpiece was a, a, a train, um, a whole landscape. So you could sit on the edge and watch the trains go over bridges, through mountains. I mean, that was quite something. And that was done by the local um, train club, the, the miniature train club. And um, so there's there's lots of guidance if you do want to set up something like that. And my daughter's teacher, I think she was in fourth grade, third or fourth grade. Her name is Judy Aragati. She was part of that club and would take the kids on a field trip to their yard, which was acreage, and just to see the train set up. Right. And and it's funny because as I go through, you know, thinking about different things that you can add for your kids, for your yard, um, I get a lot of re requests for people with little kids, especially um, as they're growing up. They want fairy gardens. They want miniature gardens. They want play, you know, and a fairy garden would be where the kids can play with, you know, beanie babies and, and little little fairies. And you do little topiaries and kind of magical areas. You know, again, it's it's you don't do the whole yard, but you do a little section for your kids that suddenly they go over there. They can play. Um, it's funny because even as you if you transition from there into um, birds and butterflies, um, adding things that attract like butterflies, like the butterfly bush, the buddleia. My daughter and her best friend years ago, we planted a butterfly bush and they used to sit at the window and they used to name the butterflies and they used to sit there for hours. You'd think these kids would be bored, but they would just watch the monarch butterflies. So, I mean, it's, it's thinking out of the box in terms of what can you do in the yard? It's not just, you know, just a patio and some lawn or just a patio and, and plants. There's so many activities other than that that make it almost resort-like. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm working on a project now, and most waterfalls and water features that um, I design now, they're considered pondless waterfalls. So you, it looks like a waterfall with the, I mean, it is a waterfall with the water splashing down the levels, but instead of staying in a pond where there's open water which is again subject to mosquitoes and algae it goes into a screen basin that's got cobble on top and the water's there but what i'm doing is i'm carving out an area that's outside of that but their son likes to have his boats go there so you could do a water feature and then a dry cobble stream and then you could make a way in that cobble stream um, for him to fill up you know water or her um to have their little boats. So in that way, and it's very safe. No one's going to fall in a pond and drown. You know, this is the water is in a screen, but you can make a little waterway. So, you know, you might consider um, turning a part of your yard into or having the yard also children friendly. And but we were talking about adult friendly with saunas and hot tubs and fire pits and climbing. And maybe a blank wall that you have that you can actually put up a screen. Yes. Watch movie, outdoor movies and um i mean it's you know we grew up both roberta and i grew up there's not many of them left with the drive-in movie yep um, yep 
And suddenly, I mean, what a great place with COVID. Those people, instead of going to a movie theater, you, it, can you imagine just being able to drive in in your own car and watch a movie? What's, it's what we used to do as a kid. But you can do that in your own backyard. You can drop a screen. You can plan for an area where you actually show movies. And then people... You know, you don't even need a screen. Hang a sheet on a blank wall if you have one. Right, right. So, I mean, that's another element that you don't even think about. But being able to sit out in your yard and watch a movie, I mean, how fun is that? Yeah, that's really nice. So these are all the ideas. I mean, I'm sure there are more. But, um, you know, maybe there are things that you hadn't thought of. And while we're going through this crisis where we have to keep our distance and um, not gather in groups, these are things that you could do at home for the family. Absolutely. And again, a lot of people are, are stuck at the at house at their house or their kids during the summer or when they're on winter break. And there are not a lot of activities when there's COVID or and things are closed. But what a wonderful thing. And um, to be able to come into your own yard, your own house and have all these activities that you can do um, that you don't have to worry about, you know, uh, 50, 75, 80 people jammed in one little space. You can do it on your own. And then maybe one or two people of your friend, of your kids' friends can come over and enjoy. Right. You know, we didn't mention that, um, which also could be put in ground, are trampolines. So Yes, yes. Trampolines, tramp- and we didn't, and there was a whole, we didn't even talk about putting greens. That's right. Greens. Yeah. That's right. I mean, putting greens, trampolines. There's so many things you could do. But there's just so time, so much time that we have to talk your ear off. <laughs> so right, right. So just make note of those and um, and be creative. Have fun. This this is the time to create fun, right? And uh, think about vacationing, staycation, vacationing in your own backyard. Yep, staycation. Well, this has been fun, and um, I hope you enjoyed it and maybe got some enthusiasm and excitement towards doing some of these projects i'm roberta walker i'm michael glassman and we are digging deep deep.